0: And if it's just a slow decline, that means you didn't really hook them that well. And they just kind of... There wasn't anything necessarily in the content. It's just like the content just felt slow. The title and thumbnail didn't hook them. And they're just kind of wondering, why am I still watching this? So in that case, you just got to make it shorter, punchier,
1: stronger hooks, that type of thing. Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents... What up, everyone? It's your boy, Credit Card Points, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In part two of my series of how to optimize your YouTube page with Tim Schmoyer, we talk about how the hell do you get people to actually watch your videos. So part one, if you haven't checked it out in the previous show, it's all about optimizing your channel and all these other pages and it's amazing. And so in part two, Tim comes and shows me a few specific things. How to promote the hell out of your channel, I'm not going to use the F word. How do you research which videos to make and what's going to be super popular how to email people or do collaborations. I've tried emailing. And I'm like, hey, can I make a video with you? I swear it's not a porno. Anyways, and a bunch of other stuff, even stuff out of your old videos. So it's going to be an amazing episode, part two of the videos. Check it out. Enjoy.
2: When you reach out to someone like Evan, who I don't know personally, like, is it just like find someone who knows them and get an intro? Like, how do I make it compelling for them?
0: Yeah, so if you have like a mutual friend or something, it's obviously a great way to do it normally, channels will have their contact information on their About page. So Twitter is a great way. The best way to do it is to reach out and, and um, offer some sort of value. Not just like, hey, I have a channel. You have a big channel. You want to promote me? But it's more like, I've been watching your content, Evan. I can see like your book just launched and you're all about that one word. Uh, I would love to share my story with your audience. I'd love to just make that video for you, shoot it over to you. Give you a day off. Just ask for nothing in return. You're just like giving in order to start building the relationship, and they're like, "Oh, thank you." Or another way I've done it is I reached out to a creator, and be like, "This video was awesome. You had a lot of good value. Is it okay if I go ahead and share this with my audience?" And of course, they always write back and say, "Yes, of course, it's you know fine for your audience." So I said, "Thank you." I actually do it. Then I go follow up. It's like, "Hey, I shared it with my audience. Here's the email I sent out to forty thousand YouTube creators, and the feedback was amazing." just want to say thank you, okay? And then you start building the relationship that way. Then you kind of go, "Hey, I'd love to make this for your audience. Can I interview you for mine? You know, And just start building the relationship
2: that way. Sometimes we're all a little too near term. So the more that you can extend that the gratification or delay it, it'll be successful. When you collab, do you normally make a video and give it to them? Or do you do like an interview like this?
0: It depends on the channel. For something like yours, let's say use Evan for an example, Let's say you're going to interview him and you're going to make that title, that thumbnail, everything, making sure it's clear for him so that your video shows up as a suggested video to his content so that his audience sees his name, sees his image in your title and thumbnail along with you. And then they click and come over to watch Evan and then thus get introduced to you. So that's kind of the, the strategy behind it. But yeah, you can do an interview that way. Sometimes like I have one coming up. The guy is like, can you share me like your best five tips for growing an audience using Instagram video? Just send that to me, just the raw footage. Like I'll edit it. Don't worry about anything. Just shoot it on your phone or something. Send it over to me. And so I'll take that footage. I'll introduce him in a clip, and then I'll say, and here he is. And then he'll give his little thing. Then I'll come back on at the end and say, you know, that was great. Thank you.
2: Do you have like a schedule? Like you try to do one a month, or what's your strategy around that?
0: If I were you trying to grow this, I would do as many of them as I could. And not just with bigger creators, like reach out to smaller people too, like kind of give back. You'll build some great relationships that way. And then as long as they have good value, good content, like that's what you're going after. You don't really care about the channel size as much as you care primarily about the relationship because they could outpace you at some point. And two, you care also about the value that you're going to get from them to give to your audience ultimately. So if it's a small channel, but he's giving good stuff, like reach out, like, hey, I'd love to promote you. I think you're doing good stuff. Can we just hop on a call or do an interview or something for my channel? When I go to events like VidCon next week, two, three weeks, I'll line up a whole bunch of interviews and collabs there also. The primary thing I want you to get your, um your traffic from here is going to be suggested videos. You know, I want to see... Ideally, is I want suggested to be number one, and I want it to be number one by like 70% of your traffic is coming from suggested. Wow. And then I want browse features. I'm going to want that to be like another 20%,
2: basically. So what do I need to do to increase that?
0: Do you have like a content schedule or like idea, like a document of ideas? Just go to YouTube and just start searching for those different ideas. So basically, you're going to do research. Give me
2: one of those ideas. Uh, lessons learned making a seven figure course?
0: What I'm looking for are videos with high view counts on channels with relatively low subscribers. Okay, so if someone's got like a million subscribers, then you say, oh, this video must be really cool. It's got five million views. And then you see us on PewDiePie's channel, you're like, never mind. I see why that got five million views. So you want to look for that content that's performing based on its own merit. I've done it enough, I kind of have an idea now of what like, my audience is going to respond to, whether or not. Like I did it the other day for our family's channel, a vlog of our potty training our son. And I'm like, should I make this about potty training? Should I make this about accidents? Should I make this about wedding pants? Like what direction should I go with this? And so I just searched to see what was kind of performing the best and the titles and thumbnails that other people were using. And I'm like, oh, potty training is performing way better than accidents or wedding pants. So I went with that. With all this research, you're looking for videos with high view accounts on channels with relatively low subscribers on videos that are still getting traction today, not ones that like shot off and now are dead. The goal is you want to become like a related video over here to this one. So there's two buckets you gonna put your content into. You have searchable or discoverable content, which is what we're talking about right now. And then you also need to have community content. The community content is going to be the stuff that you're making for your audience. It's not stuff they're going out and searching for. This is why I'm subscribed to your channel. I didn't even know to look for this information. I didn't even know this is something I needed, but you're delivering it to me. Like you need both. So even if you're doing the research and you're like, you know what, I feel like this is a good topic. I have a lot of good things to say about this. It might not do that well, but that's okay. I'm gonna do this. You should still do that video anyway, if you really believe in it, because it'll help your current subscribers and that'll build your community stronger too. So don't eliminate an idea just because it doesn't fall into this discoverable bucket. Just put it clearly in the community bucket instead.
2: Like I have a bald video or that marketing video that I've sustained. I want growth, but if they sustain or grow, I'm happy. But a lot of them just seem to go down completely. Do you have any any idea?
0: Statistically, doing this, like focusing on doing some research and making this kind of discoverable content, I'd say used to be about one in 30, but now it's closer to about like one in 50 videos that you do will actually stick the way you want it to. There's just so much content, so much competition, which sounds like a lot you think about it, let's say you do 90 videos and three of them hit where you wanted to, you know, they're going big, they're still bringing in traffic. You don't need all of your videos to go big. If you want you get like two or three of them going, like your channel's kind of set. You know, so now you're going to get like exposure and my channel's the same way. I get exposure primarily through like a set of 10 videos or so. New people come to my channel through those 10 videos. That's how they discover me. But then they find my other content, they subscribe, and then the whole channel just starts getting a lift overall because of that. But you just don't know which ones are going to hit and which ones aren't. So don't get frustrated, ironically, if you've done like 20 of these and they're still haven't got one or if you've done 50. The reward goes to the persistent in this case.
2: So it seems like two things there. One, picking topics that have a little bit broader reach within my niche. So figuring mm-hmm. topics that people are really like, oh shit, they're already watching this because... Maybe I'm picking ones like how to grow an eight-figure company. It's like no one's looking for that. So it seems um, like better topics and then tighter audience retention. So really aim for that 60% mark, minimum. Yeah,
0: minimum 60, yeah.
2: 70 um, is good. Like what do you normally get on you know, your when You videos? start
0: hitting around the 70 range. I think that's when you're going to start seeing uh, stuff
2: take off. And then look at the absolute retention number to figure out where they're dropping off.
0: And if it's just a slow decline, that means you didn't really hook them that well. And they just kind of... There wasn't anything necessarily in the content. It's just like the content just felt slow. The title and thumbnail didn't hook them. And they're just kind of wondering, why am I still watching this? So in that case, you're just going to make it shorter, punchier, stronger hooks, that type of thing. So that's how you're going to start if you have ideas you already want to talk about. You can do this research to figure out how to best optimize the title, the content, the thumbnail, for the ideas you already have. Another way to do this is to go get new ideas that are performing well. And that is just kind of like... I'm picking on Evan just because I just posted a video with him one of his strategies here, he puts their Twitter tag in the title so that when someone likes the video and it goes sent to Twitter, every time someone does that, it like goes to Mark Cuban's Twitter feed. He's like, why are all these people like this video? Everyone's tagging me in. So he's getting new people introduced to his audience. Some of these he reaches out to them and they even retweet or share his videos because, you know, talking about Tim Ferris and then Tim like retweets them and he gets exposure to a new audience. So but you're gonna come to some of these channels, look at most popular And just start analyzing what are their top videos that they're doing? And what are the kind of principles that they're following that I can reproduce for myself? Two other things. One of these you might not like, but I'll tell you anyway. It's becoming harder and harder to grow a channel. What's your posting schedule right now? Is it like once a week or so? Twice a week? Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that these days with twice a week because the algorithm favors content that brings people back to YouTube regularly consistently. So Evan is doing three videos a day. He's going to be backing off to two a day pretty soon because he had noticed a really big bump from three a day. Those guys who are just cranking out content, not only do they have more potential assets to help increase the discoverability of their content among different topics and issues they're talking about, but that type of posting schedule keeps people coming back to YouTube at least once a day, sometimes multiple times a day is bringing people back And so YouTube really likes them. They're going to favor their content because of that. If you really want to get to 100K by the end of the year, I think you're going to have to go to like weekday content.
2: I was doing three a week. And maybe this is your one in 30 point. But almost every video was like spiking and then dying. So it wasn't really adding to the overall watch time. So it seems like it's a function of title, thumbnail, and then the video itself needs to get that 70% retention rate. Regardless if I'm getting 100 views or 10 views, basically I'm getting... Thousand views and no one's staying around, and then YouTube's like, "Well, yeah. no one's staying around," and the shitty other things.
0: Yeah. So once you get the content tightened up and all that, then you'll start seeing a lot of this do better overall. It won't be like a spike. You're not going to go to 100k overnight. Well, I say that tongue cheek. It is possible. I worked with a guy. You know who Antonio Santeno is?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He does a men's fashion channel. What happened is after a few months, he was doing about a thousand or two subscribers a day. Around Christmas time, he got a few pages that just nailed the homepage, and he started doing twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 subscribers a day, just skyrocketed past a million subscribers and no end in sight. Now he's just killing it. The main thing that he did differently is I told him, like, your audience retention, you're just losing so many people right at the beginning. I said, you're talking too much, too much time to set up the idea. I said, get it down to 10 to 15 seconds three-second bumper no longer. Then come introduce yourself, get right into the content. Don't start with all these like this other stuff. And so we tightened that up. That's when we started getting the watch time that he needed and the retention that he needed. And then YouTube started promoting him like crazy. So I say you might not go to 100,000 in a month. It's possible. I saw him go from a few 100,000 to 1.2 million in like two months, but most likely it's going to be a slow game. And just figure out a system for how you can scale the content. Like, I hate saying that because it feels like it's just like a churn and. Sausage uh, Factory. Have you read a book called Primal Branding? No. I would recommend, highly recommend reading this book. And it's written pre YouTube days, so it's not like a social media book. He looks at all businesses that had developed cult like followings and what is common among those businesses that enable them to do that. It's actually because it has much less to do with. The actual quality, so to speak, of the content or of the material and much more to do with the message and the brand. The story of the company is wrapped around that brand. How are you going to like integrate your story into this content so people can start forming that human connection with you? What are the rituals, the things that most of these guys have these rituals, like repeated interactions people grow to love and expect with you? PewDiePie, you ever watched PewDiePie? Watched a few. Okay. Probably already knows. he goes like PewDiePie
2: or he does like BroFist,
0: you know, at the end of it. Like these are just like repeated interactions he does. If he doesn't do them, his audience is like, whoa, what happened? Like, where's my BroFist, you know? And so you want to integrate some of those types of rituals into your content, posting schedules or rituals, part of their ritual of their day when they come to your channel. So yeah, so there's collaborations, researching your content you're going to do, as well as researching the content to get new ideas of what's performing well. Integrating your story into it more, I think, is going to be important. And then um, posting
2: daily. What's your thought on like the high production like in a studio video versus you, know, kind of you right there at home videos?
0: Tell me about this target audience you're going after.
2: It's people like yourself. The audience that I actually prefer to appeal to is people running businesses. Like the entrepreneurs, I think, will watch it out of aspiration. But it's more people who are already doing well that want to do better.
0: Okay. You don't, probably don't want to do it on your phone. Although if you have like a good teaching moment, like you're out in the field or out talking with a, like a guy you're helping, you're like, hey, like if this is all you got and you got some great content, just pull it out and use it. It's better than nothing. And you're like, hey, I'm talking to this guy. We just have this conversation. It's awesome. Hey, tell me what you told me, right? And just do it. Overall though, DSLR stuff is fine. In your office is probably fine. Just make it feel like we're hanging out and not so much like you're teaching us from like your notes or something. But like I'm hanging out with a mentor, you know, a guy who's like, who knows my story, knows who I am, what my goals are and uh, like I feel like I'm hanging out with a guy who's just going to be like really helpful every time we hang out.
2: How do you measure improvement with these changes? Is there anything on a more daily or weekly basis that I can look at in the analytics or something that's like, oh, look, your conversion rate to sub is higher?
0: So what you can do is, uh, what I'd recommend is, you, I'm in your analytics, you could create groups. So right now you probably don't have any.
2: Yeah. I didn't even know there was groups.
0: Yeah, so what you're going to do is come create groups. So create like a group, a video or a playlist group based on like, a few of your key videos that you've done recently and then make another group of your new videos that you're doing, like that you're trying to purposely optimize this stuff. And then you can kind of take those two groups and put them side by side. So here's like my control group, so to speak. Oh, interesting. In analytics, you can put one group here, one group here, side by side. But the main thing that I'll we'll be looking for is watch time. Like that's the main thing. If you can make shorter videos, so let's say these are like 10-minute videos and you're getting four minutes of watch time. Well, it might be you're going to come back down to like six minutes and then you're going to find if I make them six minutes long, I get five minutes average view duration. So that's an improvement. But the problem with six-minute videos is though the maximum amount of watch time you can ever get on that video is six minutes. So then maybe you'll say, okay, I figured out this formula and now I'm going to try extending it to 10 minutes again. And then you're going to see like, okay, I've still got six minutes. And then you're going to say like, hey, I figured out how to do a 30 minute video and get like the same percentage. Like it's not about the video length. You just want to experiment with the average view duration and the watch time. How would you test titles? There's no good way to do this. The best way to learn about titles is to kind of just get better over time and know what your audience is going to respond to. Just try a few things. Okay, I put money in the title, put dollar signs on it. That got way more many clicks than if I talked about business and a skyscraper.
2: One idea that you kind of gave me is what I could do is like some of these videos that are pyramided, they're dead, is that I could just change the title and the thumbnail and then promote it a little bit social and then see if that picks it up.
0: Yep. Another way to do it, if you want to be super hardcore, and this is like friends of mine who they have businesses revolved around making videos go viral. What they do is they'll take a video, one video, and they'll cut it up a hundred different ways mostly focusing on like that first 15 seconds. Like They'll shoot and edit several different intros to it. They'll upload them all to their channel. And then they'll run Facebook ads with different titles and thumbnail combinations. They'll only put like a few bucks, like five bucks, 10 bucks behind each one. And then they see which one had the best you know, impression, the click-through ratio. And then combine that with which video on of YouTube videos, then getting the most amount of retention. And then they'll take all that data between the Facebook ads and the videos, and they'll say, this is going to be our viral video. This is the one we're going to push. I got the best results. You could like A-B test that on different titles and thumbnail combinations in Facebook if you wanted to.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I guess you could run all those different videos, the cuts in Facebook and all the different titles and thumbnails, and then actually see which one works, then put it to YouTube. What's your balance between Facebook videos to YouTube or putting the full thing on Facebook or trailer on Facebook towards YouTube?
0: It's really hard to get people to cross platforms. It's hard to get people on Facebook to go to YouTube. It's hard to get people on YouTube to go to Facebook. Like they're on their platform that they like. People on Facebook aren't looking for videos necessarily. They're just like, whatever's in front of them comes to them accidentally. And so people on Facebook, for niches like yours and mine, they're probably not on Facebook because they're looking for how to grow a business or a YouTube channel. They're looking like, what are my friends up to? So what I do, I don't really try to send traffic one way or the other. Each platform prefers and rewards me if I keep people on their platform. So I upload a version to YouTube just to promote the YouTube. And I upload a different version. The only thing that's different about it on Facebook, I just have my editor put a different end screen on it for Facebook, and I just upload it directly to Facebook. I also have her set make the video square, because that performs better on Facebook. And then I make sure I have the captions on it so that the captions, most people on Facebook don't enable audio.
2: What do most people do wrong on YouTube when you see people start that don't ever really get it?
0: Titles, thumbnails, and thinking that they're awesome when they're really not. What do you mean? thinking that like there's like I have this pride ego thing. I'm going to be the next big whatever, you know, like PewDiePie. I'm going to be the next Markiplier. I'm going to be whatever. Like I'm I'm awesome. I know a lot of 10 million plus and certainly 5 million plus subscriber channels. The main thing I see in common between most of them, not all of them for sure, but most of them is that they there's a level of humility to them personally. And they take feedback like you're doing here. They take criticism. They listen to people. And that type of humility and openness to be wrong and learn to do better, I think is what really sets them apart to going forward. As opposed to when I work with a channel that has a hundred subscribers, they'll listen to me, but they're kind of like, I don't know if they're intimidated or what, but they're kind of like, they don't take it the same way. Really? And then they, yeah, they're like, oh, I only have a hundred subs and Tim, I I know you told me to do this, but I didn't really think it would work, so I did it this way and instead I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, Did it work for you? No? Okay. <laughs>
2: I watched all your videos, though, and I just didn't do anything.
0: Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, people say, I watch all your videos. It's not working for me. I look in their channel like, well, you might be watching, but watching my videos doesn't magically make your channel better. Like, You have to do the work.
2: I do wonder, though, how much of your recommendations are the same. And you put it out there in video. It's like, dude, I've already said this stuff multiple times.
0: Yeah, um, I tend to repeating myself in these sessions a lot. You know, you're not the first person I've talked to about titles and thumbnails or about community versus uh, discoverable content,
2: things like that. But yeah, I do repeat myself a lot.
0: The light bulbs go off. That's what I love. I'm like, oh, that changed something in him or her. Yes,
2: yeah. this is epic. Boom, you're the man. man. Thanks, dude.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed the whole YouTube optimization series as much as I did. Go check out Tim Schmoyle on Video Creators. If you like my stuff, Noah Kagan on YouTube number two you know what i'm gonna tell you to do go tell someone you love them come on just go do it right now number three if you want to leave me a review or give me any feedback tweet me at noah kagan k-a-g-a-n or you can leave a review on itunes i'll read every single one i appreciate them number four have a spectacular day what's your favorite condiment